Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast, episode 43, where we bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter, where we talk to you about Formula One, Major League Baseball, and of course, our signature segments, Write That Down Predictions, Mike's Stupid Rules, and your weekly turtle tab. You, you did those in a different order than normal. Uh, yeah, I just kind of rolled with it. I looked at the outline and I wrote WTT for Weekly Turtle Tab and immediately thought that meant write that down predictions. Because so, down starts fine. with the T, so it makes and, sense. You know, it, these things do happen sometimes. It's okay. It, mm-hmm. w- it went pretty smooth. I didn't didn't mess up this time. Besides, no, like you if, you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have mentioned it, nobody would have noticed. See, but that's why I'm here, to catch these things. You no, know what I else is pretty that. smooth, though? Racing tires. What? <laughs> Kyle, that has nothing what? to do with what we're going to talk about do you today. Know what's, do you know what's not smooth? That, Kyle Mersch. <laughs> because I told you I had this covered, and then you go and do that. I like what I had this. You did mess this up. You definitely messed this entire introduction up. Nah, I wouldn't say it's messed up. It's just Kyle took a little too much creative, creative, uh... Liberty? Liberty. I almost said liability, and I was like, that's not quite the right term, Wyatt. So because before we started the episode, we told Kyle that he was going to get put on the spot before we started talking about Formula One things, and uh, he tried to skip over that. So, Mike, why don't you tell him what he's going to be put on the spot for? All right, Kyle, since you weren't on the last episode and you told us beforehand you didn't listen to it, you've had no time to think about this, so we need your opinion right now. Three-way baseball, how would it work? Go. In like in comparison to how two-way players work for no, 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 no. the so three teams, three, three teams, three teams, one, one game, out of one work. game, three teams. Oh God! Uh, you have you have thirds of innings. There you go. But like, so what happens so, in each of those thirds of an inning? Uh. So obviously you want, you want me to hits. really you want me to really spice this up? Obviously each team hits, right? Just make it work. Just make it work, Kyle. Yeah, you don't have to work. make it spicy. Just make it work. Uh just make it re- uh Oh man. See I you get... this last week's episode. You don't even know what to write that down prediction from last week was. No, because it's not mine. We'll we'll get we'll get to that later. What your write that down prediction is. It's not mine. Anyway, go. Through your baseball. Um, so you would have one team. Obviously, every team would hit in an inning. That's the only way to make it fair. Okay. Uh, and then I guess each team has to... Well, that wouldn't work if there's only a third of an inning. Each team can't pitch equally to the opposing team. Um or to the, to the same team and have thirds of innings. That would be a really long baseball game. Um, probably go about four and a half hours. Probably, at least. Um, so I'd say that every team, uh, so like one team, crap, that doesn't work. You, you, you're just about out of time to come up with a working <laughs> solution for this. You got about uh, 30 seconds to start spewing sense, otherwise it's so, going to cut you off. So every team hits, and then every uh, every third of an inning, or every three innings, 
the entire like uh, pitching, like the pitching staff has to pitch to a different team. So like, but but but, but you only have two teams rotates. that you're pitching against. You're not going to pitch against yourself, obviously. Yeah, 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 but I'm not saying like every third of an inning, every three innings, each team like switches who they're pitching to. So then, like, the so, game like, is broken up. So, like, I would pitch to your three... team for the first three innings, and you'd pitch to Wyatt's team, and Wyatt's team would pitch to me. Yes. And the next inning, you'd pitch to me, and I'd pitch to Wyatt, and Wyatt would pitch to you. Yeah. And what would you do for the last three innings? Because it wouldn't uh... be fair. Because I couldn't pitch to me. Yeah. There's only two opponents. See? Then, then we play T-ball for the last three innings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, just like the rest of us, Kyle needs to think on this more too. So, I uh, like my solution. I think, yeah. I think my solution is the best solution so far. But obviously, biased there. My yeah. solution was that you, just like Kyle was starting out saying, you, you split the innings into three frames. So you have three frames in an inning, and you rotate uh, fielders, batters, and the battery, the pitcher and the catcher. So you yeah. rotate out those three for each inning. I think that's the most fair way to do it, but that I haven't really put much thought into it yet, even since last week. Because there's got to be an issue there where you could be pitching one way to one team. But I don't know. Maybe that just adds more gamesmanship into the. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna stop talking because none of it really makes sense anyway. Yeah. We we might get back to this more in a future episode, I'm but sure. not during next week's episode because next week we are going to have a special episode. Cyclone football season preview, which will take most of our episode next week, probably outside of our signature segments. So be ready for a full out Cyclone season preview next week, just to get your get your appetites wet for it. But before we started this uh, discussion, we said we were going to start with F1 today. So Wyatt, lead us off with some F1. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit of Formula One. So it's still in the midsummer break, and we don't have any races going on yet. Two weeks from now, give or take a few days. September 1st is the next race in Spa, I believe. I think it's Spa that's next. Uh, I didn't really check, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But there is a race on the 1st of September. Definitely would recommend checking it out. Probably 8 o'clock a.m. Central Time, ESPN2. Check it out. Watch it. It'll be a good race. If somebody wants to check what race that is, I wouldn't be opposed. Um, but since there's no races going on, we're going to talk about some fun facts. F1 fun facts. Fun I, I, facts. I, I, I was wondering how you were going to uh, pronounce that. Fun facts. But, and uh, yes, it is, uh, it is the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa. Yeah, spots. That's going to be a really good race. Kimi Räikkönen absolutely dominates that track, so it's going to be really fun seeing him racing for well, what's his freaking team name now? They change it. It's uh, it's Alfa Romeo Racing now, I think. Racing Racing Point? No, it was changed from ra- they rename that team every year, so it doesn't matter. Kimi Räikkönen. It's going to be fun seeing him in the midfield in a track that he absolutely dominates on. I'm excited. Uh, before we get into that, though, we're going to talk about just some fun facts, like I said. And today we're going to kind of go over what the flags mean in kind of general racing, but specifically for Formula 1. Because Formula 1 does have some some special flags and special signage boards that they use to alert drivers to certain things going on on the track. Obviously, in this day and age, they have little uh, earpieces and stuff that they communicate with their team on. And they have a little display on their steering wheel that the the race officiators, the stewards, can push out notices to. 
but they still have the good old-fashioned flags and flag boards that they use throughout the race. Most tracks, well, most, all tracks are split up into different sectors, and some of these flags we're going to be going over only apply to certain sectors. Generally, there's three sectors on a track. I can't think of anything that has four or two. Um, but you'll see that with, with yellow flags. So if you if you watch any motorsport ever, you know that there's a checkered flag involved. And there's a green flag involved, a yellow, and a red flag. Those are kind of your basic four, your basic four flags. Um, Formula One has those flags plus another like six flags or so and signage boards that we'll go over. So if we start with green, green means go. Formula One doesn't use a green flag to start the race. They use lights. And uh, the in NASCAR, you have the the saying, gentlemen, start your engines, and they start the engines, and they go, and they have a green flag that waves. Formula One has a similar kind of tagline, I suppose, and that's lights out. So if you ever watch the start of a Formula One race, the, the cars will do a formation lap. They'll stop on the grid, so they go from a, a standing start always, unless it's raining really hard out. And you'll see this big light board full of, I think, five or six lights. It'll light up in red, and then as soon as the lights turn off, it's lights out, and the race is a go. They don't have a green flag they started with, but the green flag is used after a yellow flag. So if there's a yellow flag on the track for for whatever reason, a green flag will be shown immediately afterwards. That's really all the green flag is used for. Very underutilized because they don't really need it because they have lights. Which then logically brings us into yellow flags, which basically mean there's, there's a caution up ahead. If you ever see a yellow flag, if you're a Formula One driver, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but if you are and you see a yellow flag and you don't know what's going on, that means that you can't overtake and there's danger up ahead. There's a single yellow flag waving. That means there's danger on the track coming up, so you better pay attention. There's a car stopped on the track or there's a cone knocked over. So maybe somebody stole a cone and left it on the track. Yeah, I don't know. If it's just hanging there... steal a traffic cone? I don't know. I don't know who in their right minds would ever steal a traffic cone, Mike. That's very illegal and not cool. Don't, don't do, do that, kids. Don't do that. List of things that Formula One drivers shouldn't do. Stealing a cone. <laughs> <laughs> if the yellow flag's just hanging there, that means there's danger near the track. So somebody stole a cone but left it near the track, not on the track. And if there's a double yellow waving, that means you have to slow down. There's danger up ahead, but you also have to reduce your speed by 20% as well. So there's three types of yellow flags in Formula One, which makes it a little, little more complicated. But that's all that that means. If you see a yellow and red striped board or a flag, generally it's a board, that means that the track's really slippery up ahead. Either there's there's oil, water, uh, debris, a big puddle for whatever reason, form, doesn't really matter. Yellow and red stripey flags means that there's slippery stuff up ahead. The checkered flag obviously means that whatever racing session they're in, whether it's a free practice session, uh, qualifying or the actual race itself that means it's done checkered flag means the race is over those are the what three basic flags i said there was four basic flags didn't i oh red flag red flag means that everybody needs to stop because something really really bad happened those are your four basic flags there's a few specialty flags that formula one uses um you have a white flag that generally means last lap in most races. In Formula 1, it just means that there's something slow moving ahead, whether it be another Formula 1 car or a truck on the field for whatever reason. And uh, they usually use that at the end of the pit lane. So when a car is coming out of the pit lane, it's going to be slower than most other cars. They'll wave the white flag to notify faster drivers that, hey, there's a slower car joining the track. Keep an eye out. You have a half white and half black flag. It's split diagonally down the middle, so the top 
top left quadrant's black and the bottom white bottom right quadrant is white and that means that you did something bad and if you do it again you're going to get a black flag black flag means that you're disqualified and a lot of these specialty flags like this are also shown with a little board that has your racing number on it so like if i did something really bad they'll show a half white and a half black flag and be like three five and i'd be like that's you you're bad don't do that again that's unsportsmanlike and then if I do it again, they'll be like, black flag, you're out of the race. They kick me out. They also have a black flag, but it has like an orange circle in the middle. And that means that your car, that the driver, your car is damaged and you need to not race anymore. You need to exit the track immediately, whether you lose like your rear wing or you know, lost a tire and you don't notice for whatever reason. They'll, uh, they'll give you the black flag with an orange dot on it. Be like, yo, dude, you need to get that checked out. You have a blue flag, which is also used in a lot of other motorsport. That means that you're really slow and you're going to get lapped. So you need to let the driver behind you pass. You just need to hold your racing line. And I have some beef with this flag because a normal dirt track, which is what I race, they generally point the blue flag at you and then wave it. That happened to me this past weekend, except they didn't point the flag. They just kept waving blue flags at me, even though I wasn't being lapped. So I have a little beef with that. The flagsman, the track that I was at, needs to figure out what he was doing. I'm upset. Those are the basic flags of Formula One. So that's what's up. You also have uh, signage boards, I guess, too. You have like a safety car board that they'll put out if the safety car comes on the track. Virtual safety car, same deal. It just says SC on it. It's a big board they hold up to say, hey, bad stuff happened. You need to pay attention and get back in formation. That's basic Formula One flags. They just tell drivers what's going on in case they have radio failure or whatever. Fun fact, you can be a Formula One marshaller if a Grand Prix is coming into town. Check out the FIA's website on that, and you can be the guy actually waving the flag at, at a Grand Prix coming near you. The United States Grand Prix is coming up here in a couple weeks. So if you guys wanted to uh, be a marshaller and wave flags at fast cars, you can do that with very little training. Interesting. That'd Fun be unfortunate fact. if you pulled the wrong flag. Oh, yeah, that'd be really bad. Like, if you pull out the blue flag to let somebody know that, hey, so you're getting passed, and you accidentally pull out the black flag, and you're like, oh, you're disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> you're out you're of here. You're so bad. We're kicking you out. That would be so bad. I don't think – I can't think of anything that that's ever happened on, but I'm sure something stupid like that's happened before. I'm sure it has. That's probably, probably one of those things where they're like, hey, just ignore that. That marshaller's dumb. No, has okay. a car has a car ever crashed into has a Formula One driver ever crashed into the safety car before? Um, that's <laughs> a good question. I do Not know paying attention to like signals and flags. <laughs> um, I don't, I can't think of any notable event where that happened. The safety car has had issues before going around corners and actually crashed. That happened in our <laughs> series last two years ago, three years ago, where uh, the the pace car for for IndyCar hit a corner going way too fast and lost the rear end and smacked it right into the <laughs> right into the wall. So that's kind of embarrassing. I can't think of a scenario where the safety car had that happen, though. Fun fact, the safety car this year is a Mercedes AMG. Uh... Oh, nice. I lost it. Is it? I don't know. So it's nicer than whatever I'm driving. Is it what is trying to tell very me. nice. It's, and it's very nicer fast. than what the three of us drive combined. It's a Mercedes AMG GTR. It's a brand new, brand new model, and that that's the safety car. And they also have a the the same type of car, which is 
so they have the safety car that leads out front and they have a medical car too that'll pick up drivers after a wreck and take them to the like on-site medical area to get checked out too so they have two amg gtrs um that will do stuff like that so that that's the official uh official car for f1 for on track things i know this might piss off some car people out there but it if I get this wrong, but I do believe that the GTR is the evolution of the SLS. Like the SLS was discontinued, discontinued and it became the GTR. But the GTR came out of the GT3, oh. didn't it? Well, the GT3 is the Porsche. No, the, the AMG GT3. Oh. Well, because they're both AMG submodels, but this one's through Mercedes. I well, think. we're not the Grand Tour or Top Gear, so. No, I'm very this much. This isn't our area of expertise. I probably drink about as much. Wheels and a motor, it's good so. enough for me. Vroom, vroom. So yeah, I think I know the Indy car safety car had had a mishap once, um, but yeah, that's about it. Safety cars don't happen. That wasn't the car's anymore. issue. That was the driver's. Yeah, issue. that was the driver. That was definitely the driver. Wasn't it like an exec from from GM that was driving it or something? Uh, probably. It was, it was something like stupid like that. It was, it was, it was something. It was something. You don't, we don't even see safety cars that often anymore. They usually do what's called a virtual safety car, which yeah. just it pops up on the the driver's screen and the steering wheel says VSC, and they have to just slow down. They have like a forty percent speed reduction or something. There's no actual car that comes out. I think the safety cars come out once this year, when it was raining really bad in somewhere. Probably in like low vis situations. Yeah, low visibility, or if there's a, a big wreck and they need to reform the group or something, that they'll do. What's kind of cool about safety cars, though, is it throws off the the strategy of almost every single team. Because when you go into a race, you generally do a one- or two-stop strategy. So one stop is just one pit stops to get a new set of tires, or two stops, two pit stops. If you're doing a one-stop strategy, and all of a sudden a safety car comes out and you already have old tires on, if you pit, then you get your place back during a safety car so if you're in first place the safety car comes out you get new tires you still start in first place again so you don't lose any positioning on the track if you were to stop Ooh. and get new tires which will then you know affect your teammates or your your competitors competitor constructors constructors oh my goodness it'll uh, affect their strategy then too because then they're like oh my gosh what do we do they just changed from what we thought was going to be a one-stop to a two-stop strategy uh, how do we compensate for that so Fun fact of the day, there's a lot of strategy in Formula 1, and a lot of that has to do with the tires, which I will complain about in some other episode. But Interesting. There's, there's your basic flags. More to it than meets the eye. A lot more than meets the eye. Speaking of more than meets the eye, how's Willens Astadio doing? He, he started a rehab assignment, and I don't know, is there more to him than meets the eye? There's a lot of him that meets the eye. There's a Let's lot of him, but there's even more. You look at him, you're like, there's no way that he can... You know, run fast, for example. He's a large man, and he, he just kills. He it. just chubby wants to show you run. that chubby people can run too. There's more exactly. than meets the eye. Exactly. He's our softball team is named after him, even. So oh, really, but does he instill confidence in us that chubby people can, like, run really fast, including the likes of Bartolo Colon? Bartolo Colon hit a home run. He doesn't need to run. That's he's that exempt is fair. from running for the rest of his life because he hit a home run. Anyway, I'm going to talk about how Willens Astudio did it as we have assignment. First game, first at bat, second pitch in the bleachers. He was ready to be back. 
hits a home run in the uh, in his first at bat. Overall, he had two uh, rehab games on Friday and Saturday. He went four for eight in those two games with that home run, a double, and three RBIs. And more ex- uh, more uh, surprising than all that, he had a walk. He had a walk. Willens Astadio and Eddie Rosario walked on the same day, and I don't know if that's ever happened before. Because both of those players don't walk. Up until this weekend, Eddie Rosario hadn't drawn an unintentional walk since June 15th. It had been two months since he drew an unintentional walk till he did it this weekend. So him and Willens Astadio both walked on the same day. Anyway, uh, despite his rehab assignment starting, just because of roster construction reasons, we probably won't see Willens Astadio until September call-offs. But I would expect September 1st, Astadio will be back on this roster making fans happy just like he deserves to do. I'd so. hope so. I He's been up several times, so I hope he'd be one of the ones that they call up when rosters expand. Yeah, September 1st. I would look for September 1st for Willens Astadio to be back. And then we can all be very entertained by Willens Astadio once more. Because you need Willens Astadio because the Royals and Willens Astadio get along really well and there's nothing else exciting to watch in Royals games, right? Well, I'm not sure that there's many more, like, that the Royals can actually call up many more people on September 1st because they practically called up anybody worth, like, worth noting right now. Um, it's It's been very rough recently. Uh, so we finally DFA'd designated free agent. Um, no, no, try again. What does DFA stand for, Kyle? Designated for assignment. There you go. Um, Billy Hamilton. Uh, to give more opportunities for some of our younger core members, uh, and specifically Brett Phillips, uh, whose nickname is The Maverick. Um, He's super fast, and in his first game, um, stole second base by a mile. Um, The throw wasn't even close at all. Uh, And that's pretty much, that's really pretty much it. Jorge Soler has been, has been on fire as of late. Um, he's really swinging uh, for the fences for a new contract uh, with the Royals or for bigger money when he reaches free agency after next season. Um, he's having a breakout year. He had only hit 37 home runs combined between the Royals and the Cubs organization before this year. He has 35 as of right now, which is only four shy of uh breaking the well i guess three shy and four shy of setting a new single season franchise home run record for uh the royals organization um but other than that uh the royals farm report is always looking um uh better for years to come specifically two three years down the road our number one draft pick has been hitting over 500 um in the past week and he's finally starting to settle down in Bobby Witt Jr. from this year. And then our three first round pitching draft picks from last season in Brady Singer, Chris Buback, and uh, I'm blanking on the third guy's name. They have all struck out um, close to a hundred batters in like combined in their past combined uh, five or six starts. Um, as a collective whole, and Chris Buback has struck out 11 batters in three consecutive appearances for 
and of course that's only high a ball right now but um they are all pitching really really well so the royals future could look bright with those three pitching prospects coming up but we can probably move on to a team whose future is looking mighty bright at this point in time right now sure we can talk about the twins future but i'm uh gonna talk about their uh their now instead um, it was an interesting week for the Twins. On Monday, on an off day, they saw their AL Central lead officially uh, evaporate as Kansas, as Kansas City. Do you know Kansas City was in first place on Monday? As uh, Cleveland took first place on Monday by half a game. But then uh, the week turned around for both teams. The uh, Twins split a uh, two-game series with Milwaukee that featured a lot of late drama. Uh, in Tuesday's game... Um, Yasmani Grandal hit a three-run homer in the uh, seventh inning to uh, give the Royals a lead. And then the in the Royals? eighth inning, the Royals. Wow, I'm bad. The I just, Royals weren't playing in that the, game. The Brewers, a three-run lead. And then uh, then Marlon Gonzalez answered back in the eighth inning with a three-run homer of his own to give the Twins a lead, which they eventually uh, held on to. And then in game two... In the bottom of the eighth inning, the Brewers hit a three-run home run to take a late lead. Some guy I've never heard of, some rookie for the Brewers, I don't even remember his name, hit that home run. So the Twins' bullpen uh, didn't do good there. And then in the top of the ninth, there were two quick outs. And then the uh, Brewers' reliever walked the next three Twins. Uh, He threw nine straight balls at one point uh, in that stretch. But then managed to get C.J. Crone on a drive to the gap in the morning track to uh, end the game. So the Twins split there. And then they went to Texas for the last four games ever at uh, Globe Life Park there in Arlington as they're getting a new stadium here next year. It's basically the same thing just with the roof over it because apparently, you know, 110 is too hot to play baseball in in July and August, which, you know, maybe that's fair. It also but, rains a lot in Texas in the uh, spring. Uh, yeah, that's not the wheel. The wheel problem is the heat, though. Yeah. The real problem there is the heat. But anyway, the Twins uh, hit, a lot of, hit a lot of home runs, scored a lot of runs. Uh, they swept the series against Texas. First ever four-game sweep of the Rangers in uh, team history. And really was highlighted by some bad defense and some bad base running by the Texas Rangers. There was, there was, I don't remember which inning it was in, but in the uh, in game one of the series, the Twins were up big, and at one point that Thursday that Thursday night, the in the same inning, the Rangers made all three outs in between third base and home. I had never seen that before in my life. All three outs in between third base and home. Uh, the first one was on a on a double. There was a runner on first, and they tried to send him all the way around to score, and uh, he was out at home. I don't know why you were sending him in that situation with uh, nobody out down by like eight runs they were at the time. There's no reason to send him and have it a close play. Second one, there was a hot ground ball to third and the uh, runner strayed too far off third base, so he uh, couldn't go back to third and ended up getting caught in a rundown, getting tagged out. And the third one, um, somebody rounded uh, after a single, the guy who had doubled that the guy was thrown out on earlier had rounded third base too aggressively because uh, for some reason he thought he was going to score even though it would have been a close play. And the uh, throw to third base from the outfield uh, got him as he was trying to get back to third base. Three outs, 
all between third and home, same inning, never seen it before. Texas is bad. They're in free fall mode. Uh, they might as well just uh, uh, just uh, pack it in and get ready for the new stadium. They used to be close. Yeah. Not anymore. They've lost like 14 of 16 now, though. Well, they have not been doing well since the All-Star break. It's, it's been a culmination of their starting pitching has really gone downhill prior to this slip and slide free fall that they're on right now, both Lance Lynn and Mike Miner were two of like the American league's best pitchers through the first half of the season. And they and, both pitched decent in the series. Yeah, it, they, they have, but they've also gotten a lack of run support while they've been pitching. And since the all-star break, they have both not pitched as well. So, yeah. But, who cares about Texas? They're in free fall mode. Um, There's a, a much of, more interesting division race. Yes, in, there are. A couple of uh, so yes, the Twins are up two and a half games on the Indians now because the Indians uh, lost two of three to the Red Sox and split a four-game series uh, against the Yankees. So the Twins are back to a comfortable, well, not comfortable, but a a nice two and a half game lead right now. So we'll hope they can uh, stay on pace now with where they're at and continue to play good baseball. A couple other interesting notes for the Twins. Top pitching prospect, Bustar Gratterall, was called up to uh, AAA this last, uh, uh, just yesterday, after he made an appearance on Saturday, where he uh, pitched one inning and only threw one pitch, or one fastball less than 100 miles an hour. He topped out at 103.8 miles an hour. With his fastball. So uh, he could be here, hopefully in the Twins bullpen here, uh, by September 1st. So he could be on the playoff roster if we want. So the Twins might be getting some bullpen reinforcement. And they also got good news on Nelson Cruz, who hurt his wrist um, last week. Um, He tore something in his wrist, like a tendon. But apparently that's a good thing, because it means it doesn't hurt anymore. And he can play. So he'll probably be back on Monday playing, despite tearing a tendon in his wrist. So... Yay for weird injuries, I guess. It works out. I guess one would think that that would put him out longer since that might impact his swing, and that's really what he's good at doing. So apparently he originally tweaked the wrist back in April and been playing through some pain, and he spent some time on the DL then. And then on a swing, it was against the Indians. Uh, On a swing, he tore it, and it hurt a lot, like right then. So, you know, he came out of the game, and he got put on the DL. Then he woke up the next morning, and he felt fine. And he was really confused, and he got an MRI and got some opinions on it. And they're like, yeah, you tore it. You can't hurt it anymore. You're not in any pain anymore. Have at it. So he's going to be back playing. So, yeah. And uh, so the good thing that the Twins have is they have a very easy schedule coming up. The Twins' next 12 games are all against the Tigers or White Sox. So there should be a lot of Twins wins here over the next two weeks which will be good. So go Twins, stay ahead of the Indians, and make more of my write-that-down predictions come true. You want to talk about the other, the second most interesting division in baseball here, Wyatt? Or maybe probably the most interesting division I would, in baseball. I'd argue it's the most interesting. Yeah, I would agree. you got three teams uh, close right there. Do I have to? I mean, no. Uh, you don't have but, to if you don't want to. But well, before we get into Bryce the division. Harper still. Uh, I don't want to. No. Oh, yeah, I remember no. that. That was Ooh, that was interesting to watch. That was a bomb. Yeah, was. No, that was upper deck too. 
Uh, yeah, upper deck walk off grand salami. No, dude. no, I don't want to talk about it. Cubby's had a rough week, man. It was bad in Philly. I don't want to go back. Can we just never play in Philly again? That was awful. Okay, it wasn't awful. Okay, it was awful. It was awful. The the two well, notable things. Next, yeah, so. The the two notable things, like you said, was Bryce Harper's walk off grand slam, and. The other was Cole Hamels's bad pitching. It was it was bad. It was just bad. He gave up eight runs in three innings. He had a That's nice so warm good. homecoming in Philly. He hasn't played in Philly since he was traded from the team about four years ago. And just it was bad. We ended up that game losing eleven to one. It was bad. The Cubs can't play away from, from Wrigley. When we're outside the friendly confines of Wrigley Field, we're 24 and 39 at the moment, which is the second worst in the NL, just ahead of the Reds. That's gonna like, make it hard to win games in the postseason if you make it. It's so I it's it's frust this entire year, last year as well. We've struggled away from home in Philly. It was it wasn't real. I'm not gonna blame pitching on us losing. That was obviously had some to do with it, but. There were so many errors committed on the field too. A, a ridiculous amount of errors. We we looked bad out there. Don't know what was up. Some bad mojo going through the veins. I I don't know what was going on. But the Cubs can't play away. It's just not not a thing. I guess. I don't know what to do about it. I'm I'm frustrated. It's frustrating. We'll see. We're now we got knocked back into second place in the NL Central after getting absolutely wrecked. The Cardinals are leading. Um, by half a game, and that's only because they played the Royals. No, no offense, but like, man, Cubs, Cubs are going through a rough patch. Like the past three years, it's not getting any better. But they, they'll be, they'll be tied with the Cardinals here. Yeah, when Monday rolls around, yeah, be it, tied at the moment, for the first place in the NL Central. At the moment, so, I think we're we're playing the Pirates. Uh, yeah. what, what seven as, zero? As we were quoting, it's seven zero going to the ninth, and the Cubs are currently half a game behind St. Louis. So it'll be tied come Monday morning, but. and that'll give us two for three, two for three against the Pirates in this series. Yeah, um, this this game's played in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Fun fact: it's a little league classic. Mm-hmm. So it's in, in, it's pretty interesting seeing those guys on the Little League. I've been watching the Little League World Series since uh, a team from my hometown is in the Little League World Series. Shout out to Coon huh. Rapids Andover Little League in the Little League in the Little League World Series. Shout out to them. So anyway. that's cool. Huh? Speaking of that, Nicholas Castellanos. 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 He's a. Uh... I'm impressed with him. That was a good trade. That was, that was one of the trades I, that has worked out best so far. I would agree with that. The, the Kimbrel trade hasn't, well, it wasn't a trade, I guess. The, the Kimbrel thing hasn't been quite up to what I was expecting. But uh, speaking of which, he's back, he's back off the DL now, too. He had a, like a right knee inflammation issue or something. He's been on the, on the DL since the 5th. So he's, we just, he just got reactivated a day or two ago. Fun fact today. Cubs Cubs are struggling right now. The NL Central, like you said, is still really interesting. Yeah. The, but the, well, so those two teams will be tied. The Brewers are only going to be two, two games, games back. Yeah. So currently, um, not in a playoff spot though. The Brewers aren't. Currently, it's going to be 
whoever doesn't win that division between the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Washington Nationals, who have been hot, are currently mm-hmm. in that second wild card spot with the Mets, Phillies, and Brewers hot on their heels, all a game and a half behind um, the Washington or the. Um, I guess there'll be two games behind now the Cubs slash Cardinals for that second wild card spot. So the NL playoff race, much more exciting than the uh, AL playoff race. There you've really got six teams competing for five spots in the AL playoff race. The Yankees are going to make the playoffs. The Astros are going to make the playoffs. And then you have Tampa, Boston, Cleveland, Chicago, or, sorry, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Oakland. So really, you've got six teams competing for the five spots there in the AL. So Boston's pretty much written themselves off. They're six and a half games out of the wild card now. Um, the Baltimore Orioles have officially eliminated themselves from division contention already. The Tigers will do so this week. So playoff race in the AL, much less exciting. But that NL Central and that NL wild card are going to be really, really fun to watch. So keep an eye on that here over the next two weeks. Because, you know, we probably won't have much time to talk about baseball next week when we're doing a full Cyclone football preview, which I'm pumped for. I'm really pumped for that Cyclone football preview next week. I'm also very excited. Mike, do you have any stupid rules? I do. Rules for us this week? So I found out that I was slightly incorrect about a rule I had given you on a previous stupid rule segment this week or in a previous week. So I'm going to correct myself here this week. So this came up in one of the Cardinals... Royals games here over the past week. So remember I'd previously informed you that if a runner gets hit by a batted ball, it's a dead ball and the runner's out, correct? Previously you told did, you that. You did, you did say that. So I'm I'm mo- normally correct. So that is that is the case unless the runner is behind all of the infielders when he is hit by the ball. If the ball is <laughs> If the ball Ooh, is already past, really? all, yeah. If the ball is already past all of the infielders when it hits the runner, it's still a dead ball. Once it hits the runner, it's still a dead ball. But the runner is not out. The umpires get to place the base runners where they think they would be based on the uh, the situation and where the ball was hit. So this happened with Yadier Molina on second base between the Royals and the Indians. The infield was in. I mean, the Royals and the Cardinals, sorry. Man, I'm bad with teams today. Yeah, you are. Um, With the infield in, right, a line drive back up towards the middle hit Yadier Molina off second base. But originally he was called out because the umpires, you know, didn't even catch it right away. But then the umpires had a conference and correctly ruled that he was behind all of the runners, so should not be called out. So they awarded everybody. They awarded everybody one base because Yadier Molina's slow. So they ruled that he wouldn't have scored had it <laughs> gone through. That's fair. Everybody was awarded awarded one base, and no out was recorded. Huh. So there's your there's your stupid rule this week: is that when you need hit by a batted ball, you are not necessarily out. That's why you fill out your scorecards with pencil. Yes. Do your scorecards in, just like math. Scorecards and math, two things you should never do in pen. <laughs> I do my math in pen. <laughs> you should not do your, I know. You should not I do, do my pen. math in pen. You do not, Kyle. Yes, I do. You don't. I do mine in pen. I know I you do. It. You I do actually everything. do my math in pen. I do everything in pen, yes, except for my scorecards. My scorecards I do in pencil. When was the last time you did a scorecard? Like, probably when I was seven. I still do on every game I've been to. 
I, I, I don't go to enough games in real life. I, really I saw don't. him. I saw him scribbling it down last summer when he came to a Royals game. <laughs> Kyle, that was that was two summers ago. Two now. summers ago. Sorry. I need to get out yep. some more games. That's gonna I be my can, my new. I could pull Year's that resolution. scorecard out right now. They're all organized in my drawer behind me. I could pull it out right now if you wanted the uh, the rundown of that game. I think we're okay. Thanks so. though. Yeah, don't do that because you also have to hold us accountable, Mike. We got to go through our accountability. I will hold everybody accountable. Three of us need to be held accountable. One prediction each. Um, First prediction that came off the board was mine. I said the Indians would never pass the Twins this year. It's kind of a cheap way to lose that prediction on an off day. Twins off day to half a game to the Indians. But the Indians did pass the Twins, so technically I am wrong. (laughs) So for that, I do get a nah. Um, Josh predicted that, uh, Bray, uh, Brewers phenom rookie Keston Hira would hit two home runs this week. He only hit one. So for that, Josh gets a nah. Nah. And the last prediction to come off the board was one from Wyatt, which, uh, he actually predicted a long, long time ago. Four episodes he ago. He wouldn't finish his, he wouldn't finish last in his race, in his feature race. But he didn't race... That so day I, I can kind of gonna, explain. Yeah, explain. I can kind of explain what happened. Yeah. During that race, I missed qualifying because my chain fell off when I was lining up on the grid, so I couldn't race qualifying. I raced my heat race and the first heat race, and as soon as I crossed the line, my motor mount snapped in half. So I was out the rest of the night, and I couldn't race the feature race, which means I didn't get last because I didn't participate. I got a I got a DNS, so it did not start. If I got a DNF, I would I would obviously, you know, yield and say, hey, I got last. But since I wasn't even ruled to participate in the race, I technically didn't couldn't get last. Which means the next three weeks I wasn't able to race because there was nationals, which means we didn't race on a normal day, so I didn't race at all. I was out sick with strep throat at the age of twenty two years old, which is stupid in and of itself. Couldn't race that week. And they didn't have the races the week after that. So this past weekend I actually raced and did not finish last. I finished somewhere between second and fourth. I don't really know exactly. So not first, but not last. Not last. It was, it was weird to this track. They raced three different classes in the same race. So they raced adult wing, intermediate wing, and junior two in the same race, which is strange. But that's because they didn't have enough people, you know. So uh-huh. I, I technically finished sixth out of 13th, but at least two of them ahead of me were intermediate wing and not in my class and at least one of them was in my class so i got in between second and fourth place fun fact but anyway i didn't finish last which is all that matters nice so you yeah. did you did get a correct prediction so for that i got, you get a, I got ding, a ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. ding ding all right so that's the, the only two predictions we had come off the board so kyle would you like to Lead us off with your prediction. It's almost football season, so here we go, folks. The Chiefs will have three receivers on their roster with more than 1,000 yards receiving this year. Three on their roster. So four, four rep- Okay, so for reference on this prediction, there were only 21 receivers last year who had over 1,000 yards receiving. Um, only one of them was a Chief last year. And that That'd was... Be, that was Travis Kelsey. No, that was Tyreek Hill. Oh, Travis Ooh. Kelsey was close. Travis Kelsey. 
Maybe this doesn't include tight end. No, it does include tight ends. Did I miss Travis Kelsey? Oh, I did miss Travis Kelsey. He's also up there. So there were two. There were two. Their third receiver, the third best receiver last year was... Sammy Watkins. Not in the top 40 in receiving yards. Let's see if I can find him. It was probably Sammy Watkins, and he had between six and 700, I believe. Uh, and he had under 565. He wasn't in the top 80. Oh, okay. He uh, it was 88th at 519 yards. Ooh. So we he would, a receiver needs to find 471 yards. Um, 481. Uh, yeah, yards, no. Triple. Yeah, yeah. Home triple run? is not home run. I'd be okay with a home run. I don't see that happening, man. Uh, home run. Two, yeah. Uh, three, no. Home run. Two, you probably would only give me a single. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. The third so. is the big <laughs> Alright, uh, that leaves me up. So like I said, the Twins' next 12 games are against the Royals, or all against the Tigers or White Sox, and I predict that the Twins will go 9-3 and three or better in the next 12 games. Uh, that's not that outlandish, actually. It's not outlandish, but they're At also, all. It's, they're playing the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. I'm more concerned about the White Sox there than I am the Tigers. Well, the Tigers are the worst team in baseball. Yeah. So I hope you're not concerned about I'm the Tigers. I'm not at all. I'm trying to think because you'll, you'll play six games against the White Sox. Six against the White Sox and six against the Tigers. Yeah. We can, be, we can, I can safely assume that you're going to sweep the Tigers. I'm not, that's not a concern. They're at least going to get five, five out of six from the Tigers. And I believe that they will get at least three from the White Sox, which would put them at eight and four. Yeah. So do we, and that's like given. So do we think they can find another win? I say yes. I think so. So therefore, and I think I'm that's going a double with worthy. Them. Okay. All right. Double. I'll go with the double. Double. It's, All right. It's, if you would have said like eleven and one. Yeah, that like, would have been saying something. Yeah. But I'll take a double. I'll take insane. It. Speaking right, of right. insane predictions. Um, last year I did this, not on the podcast, but oh um, my, my prediction is that some football team somewhere will score a one-point safety. That's that's a home run. This, this, I mean, no, yeah. Do you know what this is? This is a walk-off grand slam to the <laughs> upper deck where you sprint around the bases afterwards. No, that's what he, this is. He held up, uh, I don't even know what pitcher was out there at the time. He ran so fast that the pitcher didn't have time to cross the baseline yeah. before he came running through. Like you, you awkwardly see the Cubs pitcher stop <laughs> and wait for him to pass before he proceeds to the dugout. It was so he was awkward. jacked, but I mean, rightfully so. He was 0 for three in the game with three strikeouts before that. Didn't no. want to get that fourth for the golden sombrero. Never nope. want to have the golden sombrero. And he had fans heckling him behind the their dugout, uh-huh. saying anyway, yes. 0 for three, three strikeout, thirty three hundred and thirty million dollar night, and then he mm-hmm. did. Then he did that. Yeah. So that's kind of on the level that a one-point safety is happening somewhere in the world of football. Yeah. Hold on. Because that's just not going to happen. I wonder if we should do a, a stupid rule on the one-point safety I again. I feel like we did. We did, but it might not hurt to go over again. Because some people it. still don't know what a one-point safety is. Go we'll do that it. We'll do that some other week. No, we don't have to right. do it right now. All right. Do it right now. Um, I sent a message to Josh, but have not heard back from him. 
So I'm gonna say he uh, oh he opened my he opened my oh. message and did not respond. So that is a so that no, is a definite no prediction from Josh. This no week. prediction from Josh. We have two home runs and a double in this week's episode of Write That Down Predictions. Since we're done with that, that means that this is also the conclusion of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 43 of the 8311 cast. We certainly hope you check in with us next week as well to catch episode 44 on the podcast where we bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. If you want to drop us a line, feel free to do so. Direct message us on Instagram at 8311cast or hit us up on our contact page at 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact. Thank you again so much for listening to us. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Cyclones.